0: Guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dillon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Making Kayfabe, the podcast where two writers rebook wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and, hey, we're back! After a three-month break, we're feeling rested, rejuvenated and ready to bring you 12 more fantasy bookings for Season 5 of Making Kayfabe. My name is Bryce. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend Dylan, and today we have an episode which is over a year in the making. In fact, it's technically over 50 episodes in the making because I don't, I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think there's any episode that's gone past which hasn't mentioned this individual in some way or form. He's basically become an, a, a making kayfabe meme since episode uh, one, uh, season one, episode one. But finally, he's getting a legitimate rebooking in season five episode one so you know Fabers today i am booking the one the only the best in the world viscera hey dylan how are you i'm very good how are you very good very good did you did you prepare that list of your top 100 viscera matches i asked you to do
1: i did yes but unfortunately that list burned in a fire
0: that i barely esca- i what, barely what escaped with my life burning- Nothing. Nothing else damaged. Just a list.
1: Well, I just about got out of the house. The whole yeah. house, all my memories, everything's gone. It burned oh, everything. Okay. Oh God, yes, yeah. All oh, I, God. all I got was my microphone. I thought and, it was just um, one of
0: those like terrible list fires. That you no, made. no, no, no. No. I, I mean,
1: oh. I, my, my, my list warehouse did burn down. That is true. But that was that was a couple of months ago. But then huh. I it, it happened again. But with my house and everything, because obviously I keep my Vista hundred top hundred matches list in my house. You know, with my safe. If- Yeah, yeah. yeah. The safe burned down too. Like, this isn't very safe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the most unsafe safe. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So, I've, I've been having a great time. Other than that, other than my house burning down and all of my possessions being burned, I'm having a great time.
0: I mean, don't worry about it because you can just like give me your top one hundred visceral matches off the top of your head because it's such a precious list. You probably know it off by heart, right? I certainly
1: could, but of course, you We've know uh, we don't have a whole lot of time here because I know your your booking is very time. very long, and you know me, I like to ramble and take a lot of time whenever with, with uh, the in between. So I wouldn't want to take away from the listeners' uh, opportunity to to hear your wonderful rebooking of uh, the big the big V viscera he's got so many classic matches of course you know the one against kevin nash which yep. is uh infamous him winning the king of the ring of Famous course yes the battle royale at the uh, the hardcore battle royale at like wrestlemania 20, mm-hmm. 2000 mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. and uh, oh remember we watched that tag team battle tag royale team turmoil from, yeah yeah 1999 yeah. yeah, summer slam the, the classic against christian you used that in the
0: in the yep. advert classic. Uh, yep. CM so Punk. many
1: CM Don't Punk, man. of course, what was that that elimination chamber he was in that he stunk up the joint? There are so <laughs> many classic Viscera matches.
0: <laughs> oh man, there generally is. Like uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, I am genuinely so excited to book Viscera. You know, this is I mean, people probably think I'm joking, but completely unironically, um, I actually I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Viscera. Like, um, you know, like when I started watching wrestling as a as a kid, that he was one of the dudes that stood out to me because eight-year-old Bryce, you know, eight-year-old Bryce, the dude was terrifying. You know, like, my, my parents used to buy me the, the WBF VHS tapes, like, from 98, 99, and and Viscera was in the ministry, so it was literally this huge guy wearing, like, all black with the white-out contact lenses, a blonde mohawk surrounded by, like, a bunch of other scary dudes and fire. Like he's, he's like, he kind of dwarfed everyone he was in the ring with. So I remember just being in awe at the size of him, Um, you know, a- absolute unit. And maybe he's not the greatest wrestler. Um, maybe. That, that, that's contentious. <laughs> um, But, you know, but the guy, the, the guy just appealed to me. And, you know, strangely, I, I think that's rubbed off in the listeners because like this genuinely is one of our highest requested episodes just because we've mentioned him so much. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, it's, it's bizarre, because like you'll see in a second. I think people don't people still don't like Viscera, but I think they're just curious as to how we book them, because you'll see in the comments from the, from the listeners soon that <laughs> so there's not much flattering comments about Viscera. But um, but hey, speaking of that, like, should we go into kind of what the, the listeners had to say about Viscera?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: So... As always, we ask our followers on Twitter and Instagram to leave their thoughts and comments on their next rebooking. And boy, did they. Let's go through a few right now. So we've got David Gray, uh, at Gunro Dave on Twitter. He says, not quite the worst person to play, Doink. Close, but not quite. <laughs> and I take exception to that. <laughs> fact, I,
1: I agree, close, but not quite. Who's the worst? Mo? Oh, who would be the worst? no
0: mm-hmm.
1: eugene you know what you're right that guy's wrong he would be the worst
0: oh <laughs> you're wrong david i don't know I, I wish i had time to rewrite this episode and uh, instead of calling him big daddy V, call him big daddy d you know for a big daddy donk which would be a great name i'm still trying to think of somebody who'd be
1: worse than viscera <laughs> i mean oh I, 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 what was the name of that guy we can never remember the name of this guy the fucking fever nightmare guy
0: fever nightmare guy
1: Remember we were watching him and on the stream and Matt was like that looks like the fucking guy you'd see in your nightmares.
0: Oh fucking um, yeah the Japanese um The mask guy with the fucking clown mask on. But- the mask is his face, yeah, or yeah. something like that. The mask is like a face, <laughs> not his face. I fucking hope it's not his face. Imagine
1: he <laughs> took the mask off and that was his regular face underneath. hiro Kito or something like that, was that? That I can't, guy.
0: I can't remember, but he, he would be be wasn't doing so, that's the thing. But he actually, would be he would,
1: actually, he would be a good client, though. You know what I'm yeah. wrong? He would be a good client. Yeah, it's suspicious right then. It's yeah,
0: just, <laughs> I'm, glad we, I'm glad we came to that conclusion. Um... On Instagram, we posted a, a story asking asking listeners what were their thoughts on Visera, Mabel, Big Daddy V, etc. Uh, John Villarreal responded: "I had so much hope for all these characters. Which is a great start. I was really happy with how this is going." Just then there. Just there. That's all John had to say. That was his only sentence. <laughs> John, John finished it with, um, and my hope was gone as soon as the bell rang. So,
1: John <laughs>
0: obviously a bit confused that five-star general Viscera's performance in the ring. Uh, clearly hasn't seen any of Viscera's 30-minute epics at Tokyo Dome, you know. Uh, neither of you, <laughs> and ni- ni- <laughs> neither is anyone. But it, it, it was it was closed door, you know. From what I've heard from from the other guy in the ring, it was it was incredible. So you know,
1: yeah, it was it was only for the Prince of Nigeria
0: that's uh, it it was really a big
1: like, empty arena and nobody uh, was there except for Paruti
0: exactly <laughs> big Paruti <routine>. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, Ryan Henderson on Instagram he saw our post in Viscera and and, and he left his thoughts in Viscera which were uh, l- let me take a breath here because there's a lot to cover um, <clears throat> big tiddies an astute observation Ryan
1: Man's not wrong <laughs>
0: boy they were big and um, so it was it was seeming like the you know the, the k5 community uh, not not overly positive about our boy viscera Um my boy viscera and um, but that that was until that was until i, I found the below comment Let, listen to this Viscera is the greatest fucking wrestler of all time. He should have been a multiple time world champion with record setting reigns. Take your Bret Harts, take your Stone Cold Steve Austins, take your John Cena's, and just give me Viscera. All I need in my wrestling is Viscera and lots of it. That, that was sent in by somebody called. Bur. Bur. Burrice, I think. A, uh, B-,
1: B-, B. Kitcher, B- I don't know who that could possibly be. <laughs>
0: I, I can't pronounce his name, but I, I do agree with him. Um, you know, I really admire his comical mustache as can, well. Can, um, you,
1: can you imagine if all wrestling was just just all Viscera? Like, how like you, even you have to admit. oh that, Ev- would, that would be, if every wrestler was vi- the size of Viscera and moved like Viscera, and yeah. the, it was just Viscera versus Viscera all the time, a, yeah. a, like a pay-per-view card, eight yeah. matches of just Viscera versus Viscera, even you, my friend, would have no. to go, it's a little too many titties for me.
0: <laughs> nah man, take my money that, That's it, that's my game, that's it That's what I want <laughs> yeah. In my life, so. um, But yeah, to- totally agree with that guy But uh, <laughs> anyway Just a, a huge thanks to everyone else who left Comments for today's episode in Viscera Which also includes Jason Ogarek Chris Robson and CJ Pamasano hey. And if you want your Comments and names read out in, in the show In future episodes, just, just come and check us out On Twitter and Instagram At Cafe. but it's time, folks. It's time to, to jump into the episode. It's time to jump in. Well, first, it's time to jump, jump into a, a catch-up in Viscera. Um, so should we, should we just go ahead and do that? Should we catch up in Viscera? It's a long story
1: history with Viscera, but I can't wait to hear it.
0: Let's see. I've, I've, got, I've got it all covered, so here we go. All right. The, the era of Viscera that I'm going to be focusing on today is around 2007, where Viscera was in his final WWE run. And this does include the transformation into ECW's Big Daddy V also, which will actually be like the main focus of today's book, I suppose, but the history of Viscera does actually factor into the story. So I'm gonna do a very quick rundown of his career today and then then kinda of most likely in depth of what did happen during this part of his WWE run. So Viscera AKA Mabel, he made his WWF debut as Mabel in 1993 as part of a tag team called Men in a Mission with OSW review favorite Mo. They were a big babyface tag team with a rapper manager called Oscar, who would just be kind of super positive about making positive changes in their neighborhood. They accidentally won the WWF Tag Team Championships in March of 1994 where Mabel legit knocked out Pierre of the Quebecers and covered him. You know, Pierre being knocked out wasn't able to lift his shoulders. Thus, men in the mission became tag team champions. And that, that's how you win championships, folks. It, the only meant, way he
1: could win a championship was by knocking the other guy out.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the one of two championships he held in WWE. But, you know, they'd hold they the belts for two days before losing it back to the Quebecers. And, I mean, it obviously has no bearing on, you know, no bearing on Mabel slash Vishwa's wrestling ability, you know, he's, he's nothing but an uh, excellent, safe worker, and any accusations towards his competency within the ring will be you know, <laughs> swiftly ignored.
1: Don't even talk to Kevin Nash about it.
0: No, but it's, honestly, ignored, ignored. So, um, But on May 1st, 1994, Mabel's tag team partner Mo suffered a brutal leg injury in a match against unsafe worker Owen Hart. Seriously, someone used <laughs> to teach that guy how to wrestle. <laughs> uh,
1: we'll we'll couple, we'll get to one hard eventually, won't we?
0: Yeah, we we will indeed. But that, that led to WWF realizing that Mabel is fucking huge. Um, you know, six foot nine, five hundred pounds. So. <laughs> is that
1: what they realized after that. Match? <laughs>
0: like, hey, look at this guy; he's massive. <laughs> so they, they sent him on a singles run as a monster heel. That, of course, led to him winning the 1995 King of the Ring defeating Savio Vega in the final, making him King Mabel. He wrestled Diesel in the main event of SummerSlam 1995 in his traditionally safe fashion, with nothing at all gone wrong in the match, except for one slight mishap where he sat his entire 500-pound weight in Diesel's chest after being explicitly asked not to. (laughs) This, uh, This led to Diesel having a severely strained abdomen and not being able to feel his legs, but don't worry about it. Diesel won the match. Vincent Man almost fired Mabel. It was a whole thing. Don't worry about it.
1: I mean, almost fired him. Almost, yeah. So he's still there. That's okay.
0: You hear the, You know the story behind it. Like, um, after after the match, like, uh, Vincent Man was ready to fire Mabel and and Diesel, Kevin Nash. basically, said no, don't do it. You know, like, um, it was a mistake and kind of thing. So Kevin Nash basically saved his job.
1: There you go. You see, Kevin Nash is a good guy.
0: Good guy. Good guy. After Kev- Viscera fucking broke his ribs. <laughs> yeah, and made him like unable to walk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the sign of a good guy um, Mabel then entered a feud with The Undertaker which went perfectly fine with nothing at all going wrong in the feud except for one slight mishap where he sat his entire £500 weight in Undertaker's face um, it would oh, fracture Undertaker's orbital bone legitimately, putting him out of action for two months <laughs> so um, basically ended Mabel's push and he did get fired this time so you know yeah. uh, how Kevin, fights, Kevin Ash yeah.
1: wasn't standing up for him this time
0: yeah, because could, he couldn't stand up because Bishop sat in him. There you go. Mabel would resurface in the WBF in 1998, being reintroduced as Viscera after his kidnapping and conversion into a member of Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, one of the um, primary factions in the WWF at the time. So the whole orbital bone fracture was just water under the bridge at that point, obviously. Well, um, really,
1: Undertaker had him with his team in order to not have to fight He's like, <laughs> yeah, if he's sense. on my side I won't have to fight him
0: how can I make sure I can't ever wrestle Viscera exactly. again yeah. the, only, the only way to see if to,
1: to wrestle with Viscera is to not be uh, on the other side of the ring with Viscera smart
0: man, smart man, I, was, I didn't think about that <laughs> yeah, d- during this part of his WWF run, I'll be honest he didn't, he didn't do a lot, um, he was a kind of rarely featured mid-carder but as I mentioned earlier, as a kid I just thought he was the coolest fucking dude and scary, he teamed with ministry member Midian, pre-nudity but didn't make much of a dent in the tag division. Um, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, we watched one of his matches on the Making k live stream, tagged in turmoil at SummerSlam, which was really cool. This is where then one, uh Sorry, he, he entered the, hard, the hardcore division, winning the hardcore championship at WrestleMania 2000, which was, was his final ever championship reign in WWF. Didn't do a lot for him because he got released again a few months later. Uh, well, how, toward...
1: how long was his hardcore champion? Because you would think a guy oh, that
0: big and heavy... a long, long yeah. time, like, it yeah. would be
1: hard to take a belt off that guy. Oh, so, yeah. you imagine, like, because, like you said, he's a big, imposing, 500 pounds. Oh, yeah. He yeah. legitimately injured The Undertaker and Kevin Nash, two really big fucking dudes in the wrestling business, right? You would imagine, how, I, I, how long must that hardcore championship went on for? I, it must have been legendary, surely. I mean, I don't
0: know, probably years anyway. Um That's <laughs> <laughs> he returned to it was like two minutes. Uh, he, he returned to <laughs> two minutes is generous. I don't even think so? <laughs> he returned to the WWE again in two thousand and four, teaming with Gangrel. And by the way, why why the fuck haven't we booked Grell yet? That's, that's got to come up soon. Uh, he basically returned to attack the Undertaker with Gangrel, and they were hired by John Bradshaw Layfield (JBL), who was feuding with Undertaker at the time. And that didn't last long at all. It didn't take because long because
1: Undertaker so... was like, "Fuck that shit."
0: Yes, <laughs> or, didn't I say this guy was in my group? But why is he fucking in the other side of the ring?
1: Exactly.
0: And yeah, so it it got moved to the raw roster basically after a few weeks. And because yes, of the
1: Undertaker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Undertaker's got much more sway at this point than 2004. <laughs> Get in two thousand and four. Getting the fuck away from me. This, um, this is a really good
1: history so far. <laughs> There's it's a lot com- of
0: adventure. <laughs> he got moved to the Raw roster, where, where his gimmick would go towards a, a much more kind of comedy-esque kind of style. So when he got to Raw, he um he try and fail to seduce Trish Stratus and aligned himself with her storyline because she was shooting with Lita and Kane at the time. He, he buys Trish some some sexy nightwear and uh, says right. that he, you know like this. He says that he's booked a hotel which specializes in his two favourite things: yeah. bed and breakfast oh dear <laughs> this seriously happened i watched the segment um but trish says that the first viscera has to take care of cain because until he takes care of business there ain't no business to take care of you understand
1: the business being breakfast of course <laughs> yeah
0: the business the breakfast business yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what b b and b's um you know breakfast and business Back- isn't it?
1: breakfast business i know how viscera works that's that's right
0: And uh, yeah, this led to Kane versus Viscera at Backlash 2005, uh, a six-minute five-star classic, which he'd lose. I'm sure that's on your list of favorite Viscera matches, but... After the match, Tristratus is calling Viscera pathetic, you know, saying that he's failed, he couldn't get the job done. Viscera then bear hugs her, hits her with a big splash, and then makes, I <laughs> think, the, the sexy ear in motion, um, yeah. you know, successfully <laughs> transforming him into the, the babyface, world's largest love machine.
1: Babyface? He beats the shit out of Tristratus.
0: <laughs> he he, he, of he beats up a woman, and uh, that, that's a babyface turn. Yeah, can exactly. I just say, 2004. Can I just
1: say uh, Tristratus, not injured at all. Kevin Nash, The Undertaker, got broke their bones. Trish Stratus.
0: Tr- Trish is built like a brick shithouse, man. Like, yeah, uh, she's... Not, 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 not like Feebo, Undertaker, or Kevin Nash, you know? Well,
1: people don't know. She's actually like the female Wolverine. Oh, that but makes The bones sense. are made out of adamantium. Major,
0: yeah, exactly. That makes sense, yeah. So Viscera, the, the world's largest love machine, he starts an on-screen infatuation with ring announcer Lillian Garcia. Aww. He tries to just seduce her every week now, so... One week, Viscera beats Sylvan Ronnier um, and asked Lillian to announce him as the winner again because, quote, it really turns him on. Um, oh. And <laughs> he then fed her some nachos and told oh. her that if she liked the appetizer, she'd love the main course. I don't like this. <laughs> I mean, steak or something, I don't know. Eventually, after a few weeks of this, which also included Viscera stripping and dancing sexually for her, Lillian I... starts to warm to Big Vis. She, What? She. <laughs> This is how you get a woman in 2004, dude. Is, um, wow. she, she proposed to him at Vengeance 2005, which was then... This just gets fucking crazy and crazy, man. I, I couldn't believe it I as I was, I was watching this and writing it. But at Vengeance 2005, Lillian proposes to Viscera, which was interrupted by the Godfather and always hose, who Viscera left with, and left poor Lillian crying in the middle of the ring. You know, I'm not making any of this up. This all happens.
1: And then Viscera ate the hoes.
0: Um, but... After this, viscera won a match at WrestleMania 22 on the pre-show, this. the Battle Royale. And then he, he started teaming with Val Venus in a team called V-Squared. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the best catch-up ever, uh, Val Venus got injured which had nothing to do with Viscera by the way uh,
1: uh, yeah.
0: and that, that sent the, the world's largest love machine on another singles run because the first time they've done it it worked so well you know WWE then again booked Viscera to fall back in love with Lillian trying to win her back which eventually involved Charlie Hoss, who legitimately accidentally injured Lillian Garcia during an episode of Raw I don't know if you remember that but Lillian Garcia was exiting the ring and Charlie Haas bounced off the ropes and Lillian kind of fell and like bugged her ankle or something but poor Viscera was just surrounded by unsafe workers and then Viscera uh, sat
1: on her it was a terrible terrible
0: day (laughs) (laughs) Um, they get into a kind of love triangle kind of deal where Lillian turns them both down so in response they both turn heel on her Viscera and Haas briefly teamed together before they didn't and then that was that and then in 2007, Viscera gets drafted to WWE's third brand, their version of ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. It debuted on the July 10th, 2007 edition of ECW and fi as Matt Stryker's new bodyguard, Big Daddy V, immediately entering him in a feud with Stryker's apparent arch nemesis, the Boogeyman. So he has Good a new God. name. Yeah, I know, Is it Was the guy ever given a fucking chance, to be fair to him? I mean... Yes, but he fought Kevin Nash but, um, for the championship. Yeah, but don't worry. Yeah, but that, that, that was years ago. That, that was... right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't do a very good job. He was he was, he was young. He was green. He was... Uh... <laughs> I don't know.
1: Even when he was young, he looked like he was 50 years old.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so he starts feuding with the boogeyman. He's... he's... This one's got a new name, Big Daddy B. He's got a new attitude, a new look, which was just extremely flattering for him. And I won't hear a bad word against it. But basically, he's a big bad monster heel again, being packaged with a guy who has a teacher gimmick. And like again, I won't lie, he didn't do a whole lot for for the ECW brand, which goes for most people, to be fair. At no minus 2007, it was best in the world versus best in the world, as Big Daddy V took on ECW champion CM Punk for the championship in a, a, a 1 minute and 37 second epic. And he lost. And at Survivor Series 2007, he joined Team Umaga in a classic Survivor Series match against Team Triple H, which he'd lose. And at No Way Out 2008, he's competing in an Elimination Chamber match, which he'd lose, being the first eliminated and then he'd wrestle CM Punk in a Money in the Bank qualifier match, which he'd lose. Mm-hmm. In the June 2008 draft, Big Daddy V was finally drafted to SmackDown. So this was great for Big Daddy V because, you know, if they're taking him off ECW and putting him on a, a much more prestigious brand, they they must surely have big plans for him. So, um, nah, <laughs> they, they released him two months later. Oh. Um, after never wrestling a single match on SmackDown, the, the Punk match was his final WWE match ever. He never competed for them again. And then he he wrestled in the American Indies for a few years under the names King V and Big Daddy Voodoo, which is a fucking excellent name. It's a
1: way better name.
0: That's a great name, yeah. In Japan, um, he wrestled there, but yeah, then he basically, unfortunately, passed away in 2014. um, On my birthday, which makes it much harder to take, you know. So in in my opinion, Visceral didn't get too fair a shake in WWE. He fucked up multiple times in his career. But... (laughs) But early early in his career, you know, because he was green, you know, but I mean, uh-huh. when he returned as Viscera Big Daddy V, he never really got a good chance to become a star. And he went from, you know, Ministry Minion to Comedy Gimmick to fresh new character in Big Daddy V that WWE didn't even try with. And today I, I'm going to make the latter period of Viscera's career less infamous and more famous, I guess. Um... I want to make Viscera ergo Big Daddy V a legitimate threat and a character who wrestling fans would look back fondly on. And I'm going to do that right now unless you've got anything else to say about Big Daddy Voodoo.
1: Well, first of all, I hope you're going to be calling him Big Daddy Voodoo because I think that's a great name. Second of all, well, let's just, you know, pretend you are for a moment. But also (laughs) I think that like you said, you know, it's a shame that he did pass away so young. But like you said, he, he was a very memorable part of the Attitude Era. Like, you, you yeah. remember him. You see that guy, you're like, wow. You know, he looks intimidating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a shame he stank in the ring. But he, <laughs> he really did. He had that, like, good look, um, mm. which I thought was really cool. And he, People do remember him. So, you know, we've had uh, Visser on as, like, a running joke on the show. He's, he's kind of like our unofficial mascot, really. And <laughs> yeah, so, very much. It's uh, it's it, You know, you might say it's long overdue, but maybe we're, we were just taking our time to make sure we do justice to the big man. This is a fitting tribute to to Visser. I think this is gonna be because I know Bryce is gonna handle it. like we like we, like we were doing all these jokes and stuff like this. But I know that Bryce has done like a legitimately good rebook in here. Like I haven't heard it, but I, I can just guarantee oh. you, <laughs> it's gonna be really good. And here comes, uh, here comes uh, the zombies. Here comes the zombies. Big Daddy Z yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, uh but i i think that you know he, he's gonna Bryce is gonna treat this this well with respect so i'm i'm looking forward to hearing this finally hearing this viscera rebooking
0: all right i appreciate that dude let's go into let's book big daddy v okay so we're starting this book in a hard mode Um, you know everything that happened pre-ecw draft we're keeping in so the whole world's largest love machine perving on living garcia oh you could have you could have
1: got rid of that i
0: mean <laughs> i can't you gotta
1: making it work with
0: the tools the wb we had, need to know?
1: make it very clear that he's a pervert okay that's very important <laughs>
0: and yeah like humping dudes in the ring and stuff like that but you know all the rest it all still unfortunately happened because to be honest it's a it's a great base for how we're going to tell this story so um so to set the scene we're, we're currently at the 2007 draft so between raw and smackdown and ecw so this was a uh, june 11th of 2007 the the same raw which had mr mcmahon being blown up in a limo uh, I wonder where that storyline will lead. Probably somewhere good. Let's not talk about it. But anyway, the, the well, whole if, gimmick... If I assume somebody rebooked it already. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we, we know how it went. We, we booked it in season two. Hell uh, yes. But anyway, like the whole... Um, the whole gimmick was that behind this draft there was a uh, there was matches between Ross Macdon and ECW superstars and whatever superstar wins, they would earn a draft for their brand. So, the actual draft itself was randomised by a big computer in the TitanTron and it was, there was no general manager picking or anything, it was like totally random <laughs> it had like this um, it, was, it had all the wrestlers, pictures of all the wrestlers in the TitanTron and it just made like the noise like fucking like <laughs> <laughs> really, really 30 seconds yeah. and it picks a wrestler <laughs> but yeah there, there there's two matches that earned ECW a draft pick on that night so one was uh, ECW's Bobby Lashley versus Smackdown's Chris Benoit which resulted in Chris Benoit being drafted to ECW I wonder where that story will lead probably somewhere good let's not talk about it that's uh, my
1: rebooking for next week <laughs>
0: The other match was uh, ECW CM Punk defeating Ross Carlito to earn ECW a draft pick. Ooh, and in real life, fun. yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, it was a good match. And in real life, they got the Boogeyman. Um, but oh, fuck that. Um, yeah. uh, in our booking today, the random selection is going to randomly select randomly much better choice. Viscera
1: That sounds random.
0: Yeah, it's all random extremely random, Um, but yeah and the immediate emotion we're trying to convey here is deflation, CM Punk when he sees the pick in the titan, Sean, he's going to roll his eyes and audibly say, you know oh well, you know, shrug his shoulders kind of thing and you've got Michael Cole and JBL on commentary and they're just going to take the total piss out of the draft pick, you know, oh they they got viscera, whatever will we do about viscera you know, just fucking just fucking bury the guy, you know, make it Make it seem like the worst draft pick ever. And the segment's going to end there, with Vissera's name basically being dragged through the mud. Anyway, that's my rebooking. Hope you enjoyed it, folks.
1: <laughs> Classic. Well, so, can't the
0: <laughs> In all seriousness, later in the show, we're, we're going to cut backstage to Vissera's locker room. And he's sitting alone, on a chair, hunched forward, and just looking at nothing in particular. It's clear that he's Quite saddened by the reaction that his draft pick got, but that's not going to last too long because there's a knock on the door and in walks who else but Mark Henry, the world's strongest man and the world's largest love machine. Two world record holders in the same room. And viscera is going to stand up. Mark Henry is going to approach him. Mark's going to do all the talking here. Vissera just listens. So Mark Henry he's going to say, Listen, I heard the reaction you got out there. This ain't something anybody wants to hear when their name is announced. Those people looked down on you. Those people dragged your name through the mud, made you look like a clown. And you know what you did about it? You let them. You just let it happen. I was half expecting to walk into this locker room and see it turned upside down because of the rage you should be feeling. But no. I walk in here and I see you moping. Feeling sorry for yourself. What the hell, man? What happened to you? Do you know why these people were laughing at you? It's because you're a crowd pleaser. You're the world's largest love machine, right? I've seen you do your thing, you're entertaining. But if I'm any other person on the roster here, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, there's someone I can walk all over. You ain't intimidating anybody, that's your problem. Now you and I, we haven't had many interactions over the years, but let me tell you something, we do have something in common. Eight years ago, in 1999, I was in the same situation. I was sexual chocolate and everyone loved me. But who was I really, other than a nothing happening crowd pleaser? Nobody. I was nobody, and I wasn't getting anywhere. So you know what I did? I made the change. I opened up the hall of pain, and well, things have been going pretty good for me since. And Viscera's still staring at Mark Henry, clearly taking in every word. But before Mark Henry leaves, he has one last thing to say to the world's largest love machine. He's going to say, all I'm going to say is tell them who you are. Start from there, and the rest will all fall into place nicely. Viscera nods. Mark Henry nods back. Viscera's like, my,
1: my name Dress. is Viscera, I keep telling people!
0: Yeah, Viscera, <laughs> goddammit! Yeah.
1: i say it for years, what the fuck? <laughs> Nobody listens. <laughs>
0: But Mark Henry's got a point, you know, he he was in a very similar situation to Viscera back in the, the sexual chocolate days, and look at him now, you know, an established, feared superstar, you know, and Viscera has a lot to consider, but he can't look to the past, he must look to the future. He needs to see the switch to the ECW brand as an opportunity to reinvent and re-establish exactly who he is. And suddenly, we hear a ringtone in the background, Viscera digs into his jacket pocket, pulls out his phone and says, Hello. End segment. Raw continues. Vince McMahon gets blown up by Paul London acting on behalf of Shane McMahon. It was
1: Paul <laughs> London?
0: It was Paul London after all this time, yeah.
1: Oh my god. I
0: hope he went to prison. Season 2, episode 1. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have Blank. to
1: listen to that. You guys have to listen to that. I assume but if we're in season 5 now. I assume you've listened to that stuff already. Surely.
0: Uh, you, Go back on the again. They're not fucking starting a visitor, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: can imagine. <laughs> So, in real life, it took um, it took a few weeks for Big Daddy V, um, as he would now be known, to show up in ECW, but we're we're, we're going to stick to that as well, but when he showed up in ECW, he just kind of showed up. like There was no hype. He was just there, you know. Hey, look, it's this guy. He used to be Viscera, you know. He, he, he was being used as Matt Matt Stryker's muscle, and he's feud with Boogeyman, but Boogeyman doesn't get to drafted to ECW in this booking, so forget about that. However... What we are going to keep is Matt Stryker. So, reason being, I, I don't think it was a terrible idea pairing the two together. I mean, there's like, there's no negatives in my mind other than Stryker's like lack of experience as manager. But like, the guy could hang when it came to promos, and, and he's believable in his is Like the kind of weaselly kind of manager, you know. So let's keep that. So, over the next few weeks after the draft, Stryker is going to have airtime. Where he just hypes up the debut of this new client, you know, a man who is tired of being disrespected, a man who is tired of being overlooked, a man who has a new lease on life, and Striker promises that he will be bringing in an underappreciated legend to ECW, and that he will be doing so very soon. You know, hype it up just a little. You no, know, don't don't just have Big Daddy V show up with no rhyme or reason. You know, and then on the July 10th edition of ECW and Sci-Fi, we're gonna have Mike Striker coming out with a new client, it's going to be viscera but let me tell you something he's not going to be wearing the same fucking attire he had as big tad av we're not
1: going to see
0: tits. the titties his tits aren't going to be fucking flapping around like no, that's not fair his viscera i i think and I, I don't know if you agree but his ministry attire was fine um you know the big leather coat um you know so the, the kind of a uh, jacket that kind of thing like all, all black with the the uh, white out contact lenses and stuff that looked cool, man. Like, so, you know, I, I, I see we keep them like that attire wise, but, um, and I, I think I understand like one, one thing WWE wanted to do with big daddy V was show off all his cool tattoos. Cause he's a very tattooed guy. So, um, you know, maybe we'll make it sleeveless or something, you know, just to mix things up a little bit, but
1: yeah, you want to show off the guns, you know?
0: Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Oh man, definitely guns, but yeah, the fucking singlet can go, man. No, no one needs to see that, and that that was um, prominent in the comments we got on, on our social media. So, <laughs> um, and, and we're keeping the we're keeping the bleached mohawk as well. So, like, this is something we, we spoke about in a, in a recent Patreon episode on Tajiri, But in a roster full of crazy, wacky, you know, interesting looking characters, you need someone. Uh, sorry, you need something that is unique and makes you stand out. And that bleached mohawk was a big part of Viscera's unique look, so we're keeping that too. You know, no no need to shave his head like they did with Big Daddy V and make him generic. So to summarize, keep the Mohawk, keep the big leather jacket, make it sleeveless to show off his tats, not his tits. And mm, anyway, so thank you. So they're, they're, they're gonna get to the ring. In real life, Stryker's introduction to this new character was literally this is Big Daddy V. That was it. So nothing else. It was looked like a here's his name kind of thing. So um, he, he was doomed from the fucking start. But and in this segment, we're, we're going to give them some time and a proper introduction to the character. So that we have some a bit of background and understanding right from the get go. So Stryker's got a microphone in his hands. Stryker says, listen up. You may recognize this mountain of a man standing behind me. At least I sure hope you do. Because as of a few weeks ago, you were mocking him. You were disrespecting him. Don't think I didn't see it. I ain't no dummy. I logged onto all the message boards where you geeks took to your keyboards and called this man a dud of a draft pick. And hey, he wasn't the only fans. He wasn't the only one. Sorry. And hey. Mr. Is only was, fans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello. There's Super your the big set. daddy
0: tease. <laughs> and hey, it wasn't only the fans doing it. The esteemed Raw commentary team, they were doing it. All the boys backstage, they were doing it. Even the man who won the draft pick for ECW was doing it. The temerity, the nerve, the disrespect, it was endless. And why? I don't get it. I really don't get it. And trust me, I'm searching for answers because look at who I'm standing in the ring with, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we pretending that this man isn't a former King of the Ring winner? He belongs in an elite class of sports entertainers like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Harley Race, Randy Savage. Why isn't he recognized? <laughs> it's true, motherfucker.
1: Oh, that's so what, okay.
0: Why are we pretending that this man isn't the force who put the Undertaker on the shelf countless ah, times?
1: Okay.
0: Look it up. The legendary Undertaker has a weakness, and it's this man right here. Why isn't he recognized? Why are we pretending that this man wasn't part of one of the most vicious factions in WWE history, has held gold here on multiple occasions, and is a bona fide 16-year veteran with most of those years being spent kicking ass in the WWE? I'm begging you to tell me, why isn't he recognised? I'm, I'm, I'm channelling Matt Stryker here, by the way. It's... I can
1: tell like you're, you're getting into the verbiage and the, the way he speaks, you know? Yeah,
0: this is personal, man. This is, this is like uh, from the heart. <laughs> And um, for, for a decade plus, this man has been a victim of a false narrative and I don't subscribe to that narrative and never should any of you. From here on, we are going to celebrate the glorious history of this destroyer. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who stands before you was once known as Mabel. He was once known as Viscera, but now he has evolved. The man who stands before you has the same history, but a new name because he's turning a fresh page in his storied career. He believes it's time to solidify his history and I agree. I implore you to welcome and bow down to the man who now goes by the name Big Daddy V. And then I'd cap it off with a, a kind of squash match, you know, where Big Daddy V just fucking tears through some guy in less than a minute. Have him do all these moves, the spinning heel kick, the black hole slam, the running splash. You know, get get the guy over as a force to be reckoned with and, and leave it there. That's all we need for week one. As it happens, by the way, um, quick, uh, quick, quick factoid here, but... On the episode of ECW after we debuted, he yeah, actually had a squash match against um, oh shit, what was the name? Tim Storm, um, the oh, uh, you know Tim Storm, NWA champion. champion. Yeah, that's it. He, yeah. that's him by the way. So there you go. Um, nice. but, fun nice. facts. But, but as it stands, so as it stands right now, so uh, when when the debut happened, we actually only have one more week to build something for the next pay per view, which was the Great American Bash seven But not to worry, we can do it. We just need to keep it simple because it's crucial that we get Big Daddy V on that show in some fashion. Whether it's a match, a segment, whatever. We need to make sure that it makes sense when he does appear. So get him in the spotlight, show that he's a big deal, show the transformation to those who don't watch ECW, maybe. You know, the, the Raw and Smackdown crowd, for example. People who don't watch ECW, what the... I mean, yeah, a few, few and far between, right? Um, but <laughs> So we've got to build um, something here. So at the same time, in real life, there's a, a match being built for the ECW Championship between CM Punk and John Morrison. And there's a bit of history, obviously, between Big Daddy V and CM Punk, with Punk being the reason that V is now in the ECW roster now. But I also remember CM Punk was the one to roll his eyes and say, you know, oh, well, when the random draft chose Viscera. So Big Daddy V hasn't forgot that. Matt Stryker won't let him forget that. It's still very present in both their minds. So let's play to that. So in the main event segment, of ECW on sci-fi and um, this happens in real life as well, John Morrison, the ECW champion, has come out to dress down his challenger for the pay-per-view this Sunday which is CM Punk and he cuts a big old-school promo saying how he's the kind of guy who accomplishes everything whereas Punk is just a, a tattooed guy who doesn't know his place etc. In real life this ends up with Morrison cheap-shotting Punk and laying him out but in this timeline We're going to have John Morrison hand CM Punk the mic, but before Punk gets a chance to say anything, a fucking freight train named Big Daddy V runs into him. Matt Stryker, he's a conductor, and he orders Big Daddy V to destroy CM Punk. Big Daddy V slams Punk around the ring, splashes him, does all the trademark stuff, while John Morrison slips outside the ring. And as John Morrison passes Matt Stryker on the outside, he slips him an envelope, perhaps suggesting that V and Stryker are profiting from this beatdown, you know? And ECW goes off the air as John Morrison holds the title high at the top of the ramp, while Big Daddy V stands over the number one contender in the ring. And we get to the Great American Bass 2007, and before CM Punk vs John Morrison takes place, the backstage interviewer Todd Grisham, remember him, manages to stop Matt Stryker and Big Daddy V as they're walking around backstage. Um, you know, Big Daddy V's getting his cardio in, you know. Um, and Todd Todd Grisham, it, it gets right to the meat of the issue, asking Matt Striker about the apparent bribe from ECW Champion John Morrison to take out CM Punk last week in ECW on Sci-Fi. And Matt Striker gives Todd a kind of annoying look and pretends to zip his mouth shut and throw away the key. But Big Daddy D, Big Daddy V, leans into the microphone and simply growls, I'd have done it for free. So of course we need to remind everyone that V can talk as well. You know, he's not just this silent assassin. Having a manager who you no, know, having a manager doesn't mean he's mute. So a nice simple segment. Big Daddy V insinuating that Punk is already on his hit list, regardless of any alleged bribery. So it continues the story nicely. Less than thirty seconds of airtime, easy. Anyway, CM Punk versus John Morrison happens, and this is gonna this is going into kind of mega straightforward booking now. But towards the end of the match, Matt Striker runs out to distract the referee. When the ref has his back turned, Big Daddy V sneaks into the ring. Um, you know, all, all five hundred pounds of him. suspend your disbelief, and uh, he flattens CM Punk. And this this leads to John Morrison hitting Starship Pain and retaining the ECW Championship. Of course, post-match, Big Daddy V is right in there, laying lefts and rights to CM Punk and hitting them with all of the big moves. And meanwhile, John Morrison has left the ring with his championship. He passes Matt Stryker on the ramp, and he just keeps walking. You know, wait a minute. Matt Stryker, clearly perturbed, starts walking after Morrison. He doesn't have a microphone, but we can hear Striker screaming at Morrison. Where's the payment? You know, where's the payment? And Morrison responds back. I didn't ask for any of this. And he keeps walking or he would keep walking if it wasn't for Matt Stryker, running in front of him and delivering a hard slap to the jaw. And that echoes through the arena. John Morrison obviously ain't taking that. He decks Matt Stryker with a single punch and starts laying in stomps on the stage. And Big Daddy V is beating down Punk in the ring and Morrison notices it. So he's like, fuck it, you know. To send a big screw you to Matt Stryker for the slap, he starts running back down the ramp to help the man who he allegedly paid to get beaten up. So Morrison gets into the ring and starts attacking Big Daddy V. He's almost got the better of the big man, but with his with surprise attack working to his, his advantage. But then from out of nowhere, Morrison is now attacked from behind, And it's not Matt Striker, It's not Big Daddy V. It's Mark Henry. Oh, Mark Henry flattens John Morrison and soon both Mark Henry and Big Daddy V are beating down CM Punk and John Morrison. Matt Stryker soon joins the attack, safe in the realms of the two super heavyweights, so he lays in a few kicks here and there to the ribs of the fallen men. It's an all-out assault, which ends in Mark Henry and Big Daddy V delivering a world's strongest slam each to Punk and Morrison. The segment ends there, and we continue with the Great American Bash. Another quick entrance, in fact, as well. Um, you know, just full of, full of facts today, but totally unrelated to the show, Great American Match 2007 featured the final match of Dusty Rhodes. Oh. yo! He faced Randy Orton in a Texas Bulldog match. Um,
1: who, un- who, un- un- who, match.
0: Who, who won that match? Oh, I don't know. Take a guess.
1: Probably pretty close. I'd yeah, say it was a t- time limit draw.
0: Yeah, it was, it was five minutes long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was, yeah, five five minutes. Five minutes time limit, yeah, yep. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Andy um, Orton
1: couldn't go any longer than five minutes, you know, he got blown up.
0: They, they did just do that in New Japan as well, a five minute time limit. Um what? it was uh it was uh do you remember the match we watched actually on the um on the watch along? The Ishii versus Shibata match. So yes. Shibata had to retire basically because he, he I think he fucked up his um I think he fucked up his neck, can't quite remember, but um he made his return basically in a, a five minute exhibition match with Zack Saber Jr. so yeah. Okay. That's so weird. It, five
1: five minutes is a weird that's a weird one.
0: I think it's more it's kind of like a a technical kind of match. It's like you should just Putting discover, but yeah. yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. So, but yeah, it does happen. But yeah, <laughs> like, um, I mean, Randy Orton, Dusty Rhodes was no Shabbat versus Sabre. So no. uh, but <laughs> anyway, back to the whole Mark Henry thing. So Mark Mark actually did end up in ECW not too long after this um, in real life. So he debuted in ECW in October. So I'm, I'm shaving a few months off. But the interesting thing here is that he generally did team regularly with Big Daddy V at one point under the management of Matt Straker. So, you know, are we going down the same route here? Maybe. Let's see what happens next. ECW and sci-fi rose around and coming out to open the show is none other than CM Punk wearing jeans and a big hoodie. And he ain't a happy chappy. You know, not only did he lose his chance at the ECW championship because of Big Daddy V, but he got his ass kicked as well. And it wasn't a great night for Charles Montgomery Punk. So he calls out Big Daddy V. And he really stirs daddy's pudding, you know, talking about how he's been a nobody forever and that a simple name change won't reverse over a decade of mediocrity. Punk wants V out there and he doesn't care if he brings sexual chocolate with him. You know, he's just poking the angry bear, basically, to the point where he succeeds and out come Big Daddy V and Mark Henry to rub this little shit out. And they join Punk in the ring and start to advance on him. But wait, underneath his jeans and baggy hoodie, CM Punk pulls out a lead pipe. And seeing the deadly weapon makes V and Henry start to backtrack, but before they connect exit the ring, ECW champion John Morrison jumps onto the apron, wielding a steel chair. Morrison whacks Big Daddy V in the back with a chair, CM Punk whacks Mark Henry in the ribs with a light pipe, the big men leave and hightail it, getting a hell out of Dodge before they are now the victims of the surprise assault. They go behind the curtain and out of sight as Morrison and Punk have an intense stare down in the ring. So Morrison and Punk exchange words, which we can't hear, but they definitely don't seem to be too friendly, Um, however, it looks like they may have at least come to an understanding over their mutual enemies at this point, so they leave the ring and walk to the back together. And ECW and sci-fi is about to go on to the next segment, but completely unexpectedly CM Punk and John Morrison appear at the top of the entrance ramp once again. Not under their own power, though, because following them are Big Daddy V and Mark Henry, who were clearly waiting in guerrilla position to just ambush them whenever they came through the curtain. Genius. High IQ move from V and Henry, most likely thought uh, of by their manager with a teacher gimmick, Matt Stryker. Um, so the return ambush doesn't end there, though. So you know how the... At the side of the stage in WWE, they sometimes have those two kind of like inexplicably placed tables with crash mats below them. Um, you know, yeah, I wonder brand. what just,
1: they could be for. They're just, just hanging so, out there. There
0: must be a reason, but you know, uh, there's gotta be a legitimate reason, but you know, who knows? Um but yeah, guess what we have tonight? So exactly that. So to add insult to injury, Big Daddy V and Mark Henry are each gonna press slam Punk and Morrison off the stage, just really getting him over as unstoppable monsters. Even Stryker looks shocked as he surveys the carcasses of Punky Morrison at the bottom of the stage. Big Daddy V shouts down at both men. Ain't nobody paying us for this now. We're volunteering. Of course, that's referring to the Braves from Morrison. Matt Stryker marvels at the immense destructive power of the men under his management as the show continues. And next we've got got an in-ring segment with Big Daddy V, Mark Henry and their manager Matt Stryker. And Stryker takes the mic for most of the promo. He announces Big Daddy V and Mark Henry as a unit who will team together under the name Global Catastrophe. And at a combined weight of nearly 900 pounds, they are the heaviest tag team in WWE and an absolute force to be reckoned with. They cut a promo on how initially this was about the money, but now they are only fueled by rage, thanks to Punk's comments and, and Morrison's disrespect. They vowed to do everything in their power to end the careers of both Punk and Morrison, and maybe even take Morrison's ECW Championship in the process. So later in the show, we see CM Punk and John Morrison backstage, you know, all bandaged up, arms in slings, you know, both sitting in a sitting position because they're having trouble standing up, etc. They look like they've got their asses kicked because they have. That's exactly what happened last week. You know, this week they're having a quite a large misunderstanding over the even larger problem of Big Daddy V and Mark Henry. So Punk starts blaming Morrison for this whole shit show because it's now clear as day that John Morrison bribed Big Daddy V to take out CM Punk prior to their ECW championship match at the Great American Bash. But then Morrison turns the blame on Punk because Big Daddy V was extra motivated due to Punk's reaction when he was drafted to ECW. And... It ends up just extremely heated to the point where both broken men are fighting, you know, despite their injuries, which just has to get broken up by various referees and backstage officials. Morrison shouts that he hates Punk's guts and that Punk is on his own when it comes to global catastrophe from this point forwards. This ain't Morrison's problem, it's Punk's. The show ends there. Next week, we have a new general manager in ACW. That's right. Around this time in real life, the first ever ECW General Manager was announced as Armando Alejandro Estrada, and legit, this is real life, and um, which is extremely handy because we can use this. So, you see, Armando Estrada, he's been watching this sh- this feud between Global Catastrophe and Punkin and Morrison closely, and he sees an opportunity. As a businessman, he, he loves it when stakes are high. So, in his first act as General Manager, he's going to book a match for tonight. And the match itself is fairly simple, probably expected at this stage, you know right, it's going to be a tag team match, with one side being Global Catastrophe and the other being CM Punk and John Morrison. But, a twist here, so Armando Estrada, he saw Punk and Morrison's little falling out last week, and Morrison claiming that Punk is now on his own against Global Catastrophe. And with that in mind, he's going to up the stakes, up the ante, add a little stipulation to the match. If Punk and Morrison win the tag team match, then at SummerSlam 2007, which is two weeks away, it'll be a singles match for the ECW Championship, a rematch between CM Punk and John Morrison with everybody barred from ringside. An appealing concept, you know, um, especially for babyface Punk. But to make sure that John Morrison actually competes in the tag match tonight, there is another stipulation added. So we know what happens if Punk and Morrison win the tag team tag team match, but what if Global Catastrophe win the tag team match? If Global Catastrophe win at SummerSlam 2007, it's going to be a triple threat for the ECW championship. John Morrison versus Big Daddy V versus Mark Henry. And obviously John Morrison is going to prefer facing CM Punk and only CM Punk at SummerSlam. I mean, rather the devil you know, right? And It's just more appealing to fight Punk rather than two super heavyweight monsters so Morrison now has a reason to once again fight alongside Punk who he still can't stand at this stage. Anyway the match happens, Global Catastrophe versus John Morrison and CM Punk of the ECW main event of Summerslam 2007 on the line and obviously I'm not going to narrate the match move for move but in the end all four men are battling outside the ring in the crowd in fact, and they're miles away from the ring, so far away that they can't even hear the referee's 10 count, counting about with the match, and that's what happens. They get counted out, both men, all men, sorry, all four men even, and as they hear the bell ring, they all stare, kind of stand standing confused for a second, but then immediately start fighting again as ECW and sci-fi goes off the air, so a big cliffhanger ending, you know, what happens now that there's no winner? And we get to next week... It's the week before SummerSlam and we still don't have an ECW Championship match for the show. Not to worry though. General Manager Armando Estrada clears up this mess during ECW on Sci-Fi. To him, the solution is simple. And it may be a solution that probably you guys listening have thought of too. But if we can't have a singles match or a triple threat match, fuck it, let's do a fatal four-way. And so that's what's decided. At SummerSlam 2007, it's a fatal four-way match for the ECW Championship with champion John Morrison defending his title against CM Punk, Mark Henry and Big Daddy V. And on hearing that announcement, John Morrison just storms out of the building. This is the last thing he wanted to hear. Later in the show, we get a promo from Global Catastrophe and Matt Stryker who make it clear that Though V and Mark Henry are facing each other in the match, they'll still be happy as long as the ECW Championship ends up in their camp when all is said and done. And finally, to close off the show, there's a brief CM Punk interview where he casts doubt over his chances at SummerSlam. I mean, facing John Morrison alone is a a tough job by itself. But now you add Mark Henry and Big Daddy V to the mix, Punk's chances of winning drastic go down. But in all seriousness, Punk's been having problems with these two behemoths for weeks now. You know, he'd, he'd definitely rather they weren't in the match, but he's not going to complain about it or walk away in a strop like Morrison did. He'll take this match, he'll do his best, and maybe, just maybe, he walks away with the ECW Championship. And then we get to SummerSlam as we start to round off today's rebooking. It's a, it's a Fatal 4 rematch for the ECW Championship. Morrison, Punk, Henry, B. And it'll be an all-out war. Maybe you get weapons involved in the match since it's ECW. Just have these guys go fucking nuts in each other. However, in the end, the winner of the match is going to be... CM Punk. CM Punk.
1: Whoa. (laughs) Fuck you.
0: Caught you off guard there. (laughs) Oh fuck me. I predicted it correctly. (laughs) CM Punk's going to overcome the odds of uh, two behemoths and John Morrison by pinning John Morrison in the middle of the ring with the Go to sleep. And CM Punk... Leaves SummerSlam 2007 as ECW Champion, which again, he actually was in real life. So this is sort of restoring balance to the world in a way. But yeah, Punk's Champion to the abhorrent dissatisfaction of Global Catastrophe and Matt Stryker. And that's where we end today's rebooking, because at this stage, I think we've got a solid foundation for what Visra's new character, Big Daddy B, is all about. You know she doesn't need to win the ECW championship right now he's only been this character for a month and that can come in time you know so and as we always say making kayfabe there's more to developing a strong character than just throwing some gold on them you know so we've got a solid foundation from Big Daddy V and there's a future for the character as well I mean so there's plenty of places you can go from here Um, Obviously, the next logical step would be perhaps to continue this feud, maybe it ends up in Punk defending his ECW championship against all three men in various singles matches, or maybe even a gauntlet or something like that to add intrigue. But for me, if I was to continue the story, I'd probably focus more on building global catastrophe as a formidable tag team. So being in this tag team gives Big Daddy V purpose and direction because he's now got a great act with a fellow pro in Mark Henry. You established global catastrophe in first in ECW and then on SmackDown. Because in yet another gift of good timing, in November 2007, two months after we're ending today's rebooking, it's decided that the SmackDown Tag Team Championships will now be shared with the ECW brand. So ECW roster members can now compete for Tag Team Championships now. And just to put a bow on this, who were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions in November of 2007? John Morrison and the Miz.
1: John Morrison so, and nobody else.
0: Yeah, just John Morrison. Yeah, let's say John Morrison. But global catastrophe are coming for John Morrison once again. You know, and I think this time maybe they succeed. And uh, maybe they finally lift tag team gold and without having to knock anyone out this time. So but that's the rebooking. Fucking finally done with Vista. Right? It's been done. It's done. It's done. And it's done. And done
1: it done very well, if I may say so. Well so, done. So first of all, I gotta just say, Global Catastrophe, I really like as a name. I think that's a great name for those two guys, because they would be like, you know, two big imposing dudes, and you need a good, appropriate name for them that kind of, like, strikes fear into the hearts of people. So I think Global Catastrophe is a great name for them. I like the idea of pairing them together with Matt Stryker, so that he can do the talking, but they can do, like, the power stuff. And, you know, you're right in that there's plenty of options for that uh, trio, because... Matt Stryker was a manager and a wrestler. So you could easily have some kind of shenanigans where Matt Stryker goes after CM Punk and he has his big muscle guys beat up CM Punk and then just, you know, for him to take the title and then his muscle guys are like, wait a minute, we want the championship, for example. You could do that. Or like you said, you could have, you know, those two guys going after CM Punk for a while. Although I agree with you in uh, establishing them as a tag team. I think that's what I would have done as well.
0: Because there's, there's no team is like it at the time exactly. as well. there's, no, there's no super headweight tag team right
1: exactly you get a, a couple of guys like that they look really badass opposing strong men. you're like how do we take the tag titles off those guys yeah. you know it's the kind of thing they've done before with like kane and the big show sure you know but uh, but we've seen kane and the big show a ton of times if we haven't seen the tag team of mark henry and Viscera before i think that's an interesting angle that you know people might not expect i think people are like oh these guys again but if you repackage them right and you have Matt Stryker as their voice. I think that could work. You know. Yeah. There you go. I think that was a that was some good stuff there. That's what I'm gonna say. Would,
0: would it would it make you interested in Viscera?
1: I mean, a little bit more, but then <laughs> it, but then again, in real life, you know, I got to see his, his big titties. So
0: that's true. Yeah. It's it's a it's a,
1: a, it's a tough sounds. one. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I like the way you went for. You know, most people will go down the the sex sales route of the big titties, but you were like, no, that's too easy. It's too obvious. Yeah, not something else. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it took a lot of strength on your behalf, I think, but well played.
0: Yeah, it definitely did. Definitely did. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah, just thanks, man. Like, just uh, yeah, just happy to be done with Viscera, You know, just uh, it's been building for. This is literally fifty episodes plus, so um, it's good to finally be have have it done. And just now, we have officially done a viscera episode, so you know it's um, yeah, all good. So, um, but by the way, as well, I, I want to extend my thanks to one of our listeners, actually uh, William Bryant. Whoa, well, well, sorry, William Bryant. Um, we were chatting a few months back now about viscera, and he actually pitched the idea of Mark Henry using his transition from sexual chocolate to legitimate fret as viscera's motivation for becoming Big Daddy V, and. I'd imagine this episode would have gone a lot differently if William hadn't pitched that to me, so cheers mate, we really appreciate you. Uh, And folks, if if you're listening to this and have an interesting idea that you want to pitch for a future Making k episode, just get in touch. Um, We love doing it, we honestly do, and we we love taking an idea and, and building a whole episode around it, you know, it's a great challenge, and um, as you can hopefully see from this episode, we, we can get a, a, a good story out of it, you know. So um, so if you've got an idea, just catch us on the Patreon, DM us on Twitter or Instagram at making Kfabe, or email us at makingkayfabe at gmail.com. Anyway, new season means new Tombolas. We've got some fantastic listeners submitted Tombolas for season five. So let's play Kayfabe Timbola.
1: Yay! Woo.
0: All right, K-Favorites, it's time for everyone's favorite game, K-Favorites Umbola. But before that, we're just going to briefly plug our Patreon page, which we put a lot of effort into over the break between seasons. So during our downtime, we've actually brought the number of exclusive rebookings up to 10, which is basically a whole season's worth of bookings available only on Patreon. The, the three most recent ones we've added over the break are Tajiri, um, his heel run in SmackDown, Naomi getting involved with Roman Reigns in the bloodline, line, and imagining what, Braun Strowman, uh, sorry, what would happen if Braun Strowman returned as the abominable Strowman. Those bookings and literally many more are available on our Patreon page now, folks, for only £5, literally 50p per exclusive rebooking. Um, wow, that Patreon. sounds like a
1: great deal, Bryce. Tell me more.
0: Well I'll tell you where you can get it. So it's 50p per booking at patreon.com forward slash making k And well, Dylan, if you sign up if you sign up today, Dylan, you have a whole month to listen to all of our exclusive top quality making keyfabe episodes on there. It's patreon.com forward slash making
1: That sounds amazing, Bryce. But if I was to go on your Patreon page, let say I, I wanted to donate a little bit more than five points, <laughs> what well, what would I get for for that kind of money?
0: Well, Dylan, that, that would make you sexy awesome. And wow. that means you would get access to our KFU Conundrum, um, like uh, fucking se- series, I suppose you call it, where we, Dylan and I, give each other challenges to book something ridiculous. And um, it usually comes off pretty well. So, you know, if you want to check out things like, um, I don't know, what would happen if John Cena got hit by a bus, or what would happen if uh, fucking The Rock what was facing the paper, you know?
1: Great power E.T. in the WWE. I think it's the most recent one we put That's up. That's the most wouldn't recent that, one. Be, wouldn't that be amazing to hear? How could I possibly rebook the Great Power Uti? If you haven't heard of him, he's Nigeria's most famous wrestler. And now I convicted Fallon. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's legit. he's in jail right now. The whole yeah. story
1: is on Patreon, guys. It's all there. Plus, I've also heard that you guys on the on the 10 Pines deal, the Sexy Awesomes here, also have shows where you guys, and by you guys, I mean me and you... <laughs> <laughs> We rewatch watch all classic wrestling matches, commentated over the top of them, including Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog.
0: And, and, and other classic wrestling matches, such as Invisible Man versus Invisible Yeah, I had to go to that one yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Of course I fucking did.
1: <laughs> but also, you know, Lance Storm versus Brian Danielson.
0: Yeah, Ishii versus Moxley. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's
1: some really good stuff on there. And, you know, Lord we... Crowley. <laughs> we, well i like hardcore Harley. we did it for you guys it's it's there if you want it you know there's two different tiers it depended on what you guys dig and it's the because of that support you guys show us that we're able to keep knocking out plenty of uh quality rebookings for free and also a couple for patreon it's all because of you guys and we really appreciate it so check it out patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe
0: Fuck yeah! And uh, I want to quickly thank our patreons too, for they also uh, voted on which episode we're going to feature in season five. So you'll see the results of those very soon, because uh, you know, as, as we release episodes every Tuesday here. But anyway, That's another
1: thing you see that if you're part of the Patreon crew, you get to vote in all these little polls we do. You see that? That's right. In all yeah, sorts of
0: perks exactly so many perks and like it's 55 50, pounds or 10 pounds a month that's all also all we ask all we ask.
1: They, they got early access to the book of like russo stuff as well remember that's
0: right they get early access to all the episodes as well like it's just a it's a good deal folks you know it's just, a great uh, deal it's a fantastic deal so if you want to i mean just by listening to this episode folks you're doing doing us really good but if you want to support us with your wallet then patreon's the place and you get a lot more a lot more back for it as well you know so um but anyway, kayfabe tombola, the, the, the return at long last of listener-submitted tombolas, um, because on the Patreon... Um, Dylan couldn't and be bothered. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> on, on the Patreon, Dylan and I set each other kayfabe tombolas, which uh, are always terrible. So, um, but <laughs> <laughs> terribly good. If this is your first time listening to making kayfabe, first off, excellent fucking choice in starting with the visitor episode. <laughs> right, but, Here's a brief explanation of K-Fear So in front of me, I have four wrestlers and four wacky scenarios, randomly numbered 1-4 to and lettered A to D. Dylan here is going to give me a letter number combination, and whatever wrestler and scenario he lands on, he'll have 60 seconds to spin the perfect wrestling storyline for it. And this week's K-Fear has been sent in by... CJ Palmasano! Our good, good friend CJ, uh, who also has a wrestling podcast uh, called The Not Another Wrestling Podcast, which we've been on yes. as a duo and, and and also individually now. He's been on our show as well. Um, you know, Go check that out. Go check out his podcast. Also has a podcast for nerds uh, called Fan Speculation, which focuses on all things Marvel, Star Wars, uh, video games and everything in between. So both are available on your favorite podcast app, folks. Not Another Wrestling Podcast and Fan Speculation. Go check him out. Anyway, one, your finest number-letter combination, please.
1: Now I have to remember the difference between
0: letters. Numbers and letters, letters. yeah. You got this, I,
1: man. I would like to go for uh, one. No. I changed my <laughs> mind. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd like to go for four A.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so <laughs> do you want to know what one was? Yes. So one was John Silver okay so you didn't get him mm-hmm. uh, you didn't get evil uno oh <laughs> i think i see a pattern here you didn't get colcabana
1: oh i would love colcabana
0: you got the other one this is not a pattern but also it's, it sort of is Um, you got viscera what <laughs> not a word of a lie you got a fucking viscera
1: <laughs> why did you pick three members of the dark order out of viscera? because
0: viscera
1: is <laughs> he part was. of the dark order
0: no, sorry, Viscera Viscera uh, is part of the large order, I think you'll find.
1: Hey <laughs> Um
0: 4A, right? You said 4A. Yes. Yeah, so you could have had you could have had Viscera get an amnesia gimmick. <laughs> okay. Which is okay. all Tom anyway. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> We haven't done an amnesia gimmick in a long time. We haven't actually, yeah, we've not resorted to that yet, so um, well in a while then maybe a few episodes, so. Um, but um you didn't get Viscera starts talking like Booker T. Oh, thank God I didn't get that one. You didn't get. Viscera convinces Tony Khan to book Jim Cornette versus Vince Russo for an AEW main event.
1: I mean, people would want to see that.
0: Yeah, I I, people would get ratings, yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you got, my friends, what you got for this week's K-Fair Zimbola is Visera becomes obsessed with Vince McMahon.
1: Uh, okay.
0: He becomes obsessed with Vincent man just as simple as that you know what what why is he obsessed with Vincent man how does this formulate you know how's this all how does this all come together that's, that's what you're gonna tell us today Dylan. okay so you ready to go
1: yeah fucking let's, all right let's go. So,
0: let, let's see what let's see kind of what happens here so you've got 60 seconds to tell me all about how viscera becomes obsessed actually obsessed with Vincent man I'm gonna count you down three two one Give me that viscera.
1: So viscera is a guy who doesn't go to the gym that often, right? You can tell that by looking at him. But one day he goes to the gym and he sees Vince McMahon there. And he's like, why is Vince McMahon in the gym? And Vince McMahon's doing the workouts. You know, that guy never sleeps. And viscera's like, I got to say, Vince is looking pretty buff. You know, he goes to the gym all the time. He never sleeps. He's always at work. You know, he's the first one in work, the last one to leave. He's he's always got something to do. He's in his, his uh, b- uh, office taking notes from people, listening to the complaints from wrestlers and ideas and storylines. He's working with the producers, he's working with the, the writers. He's, he fucking does everything. This is unbelievable how Vince McMahon, hmm. you know, fair enough. So Vince was like, I can't believe this. I gotta say, I've never really looked at, at the boss like this before, but he really does a lot of work, you know? And then the next week on Raw. Vince McMahon's limo explodes, and Vince was like, "No! <laughs> 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 How could this happen? I was just getting a a, a a new appreciation from my boss, and now he's gone. He's dead. I can't believe this. I wish he was here forever." And then a week after that, Vince McMahon oh, comes geez. back again, and then this happened. So then Vince was like, "Oh, thank God, Vince McMahon is back." You know, all it took was a man killing his wife and child and himself for Vince McMahon to come back to life. And Viscera is like, now that he's back, I will never take this for granted ever again. I'm going to worship this man for the rest of my life, which I assume is going to be an awful long time. And so (laughs) he starts getting printed up T-shirts with Vince McMahon's face on them, you know, which is that's a big T-shirt, you know. And he starts to Vince McMahon. uh, He he becomes part of the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club.
0: (laughs) He tries to kiss
1: Vince McMahon's ass all the time like literally and you're like you got it it's a bit much dude you don't have to do that that's you know it's that's a bit much <laughs> and Vince McMahon's like yes yeah, know, being a bit of a bit weird there dude but you know he's he's gonna say no to Viscera right he's a big dude yeah. big imposing dude and uh that's what well, how much more time
0: <laughs> uh 10 seconds and then uh, not really, not really. You've you, been going for at least two minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do that every time. I know. It's the difference between me and you with keeping the ball. like I struggle to find that sixty seconds, whereas you go on for fucking like <laughs> you ages. Forever. You've got endless ideas.
1: <laughs> oh boy,
0: that was. I like, uh, I
1: like how whenever I mentioned the Christmas one, you are like, oh my god! I'm like that actually happened, dude. I didn't. I mean, do yeah, it <laughs>
0: did. It definitely did. Yeah, but it's just too too soon, man. Too soon. Too soon. Oh uh, well but um no oh, dudes um yeah i think that's a uh, at least the second best viscera storyline we've heard today um yeah so you know that's uh you can be proud of that dude what yeah. are
1: the chances that we get two viscera stories yeah
0: it's crazy isn't it <laughs> also the fact it's totally out of the blue it's literally like dark order dark order dark order viscera and
1: viscera <laughs> like very strange <laughs> but hey man we made it work we made it work
0: CJ Palmasano, thank you, my dude, and uh, love yes. you, buddy. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Uh, but yeah, guys, go and check out his podcast, "Not Enough Wrestling Podcast," and fan speculation. And let's wrap this episode up. And season five is truly, well and truly, kicked off, folks. Thank you for listening to our show today, and once again, thank you for your patience when we took a little break to refresh and come up with some new bookings. The time off helped us so much, it really did, you know. If you enjoyed today's episode, a five-star review goes a very long way for us if you're listening on a podcast app, so please do that if you've got a spare five seconds. If you're listening on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, etc., that helps us out as well. We're on the Twitters and Instagrams, at KFabe. come check us out on there. And of course, if you want to support the show with your wallet and get some awesome content back for it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kfabe. Next week, Dylan's back in the hot seat and he's got a seriously awesome rebooking for it. Dylan, have you got a clue for what happens next week?
1: I don't know man, I'll really tug at your heartstrings next week, I gotta say. It's, <laughs> a, it's a little related to something that I've already booked, All if right. you know what I mean. Alright,
0: okay. okay. That, you,
1: know, you know what I'm talking about? It's
0: got, it's got to be um, uh, Landstorm Part 2, right? We know it, there's so much we could talk about with Landstorm.
1: But of course, so if, you stay, if you stay on board with the Twitter page, twitter at making Kfabe, you'll be able to see the mm-hmm. announcement for what the next booking is going to be so put your guesses in now and see if you're right in a couple of days
0: oh yeah that's it folks keep an eye on the twitter page instagrams all that stuff at making Kfabe. and yeah kayfabers thanks for listening stay sexy awesome and we'll see you next week for some more making Kfabe. goodbye